0: Hello, my friends. Katie Day with the Movement of Texas team here with another episode of the Real Advice Podcast. Excited today to switch things up a little bit. We've got not one, but two guests on today's podcast, and they are partners in a brokerage in Connecticut called Around Town Real Estate. I'm excited to welcome Chris Kling and Andy Sachs to the podcast today to dig into everything that is running well for them today. What's going on, guys? How are you? How are y'all doing? Not too shabby. Thanks for having us, Katie.
1: Yeah, we're doing great. This is fun. Thank
0: you. Appreciate y'all y'all joining. Um, I love the matching t-shirts. So if you guys are just listening and aren't actually watching, they've got like their branded t-shirts on. They look this, great. This wasn't even, this wasn't
2: even planned. Right, <laughs> frankly. Unfortunately, it happens way too often. Yeah.
0: Well, I don't know about y'all, but for us, just for the amount of brand and swag we have, like at a certain point, it's like you're going to show up and be wearing the same shirt as someone else. So it kind of is what it is. Exactly. The problem is it's not the brand, and we still match? <laughs> well, that's, I mean, you guys are just clearly on the same wavelength. We can kind of talk about, you know, business partners and, you know, running things together and stuff like that. But how did you guys get into real estate and like, how, how did you all find each other in this journey of real estate?
2: <laughs> of course. Um, but my story is, uh, I, I've always absolutely loved houses. My family's in construction. Um, growing up summer jobs, always being on the construction sites and everything. And I always tell people it's, uh, you ever see the movie Elf when Buddy the Elf is building the Etch-a-Sketches and they tell him like, how many, how many Etch-a-Sketches did you build that day? And he's like 80 something and look at him like gasping like he didn't build anything. That was me with my brothers when I would always build something like, dad, I built this deck and I'll turn my brother built the entire house. Yeah. So I always knew the construction gene wasn't in me, but the love of passion of homes was. Okay. Um, so after years of running and owning a gym and everything, which is still going so well, um, I wanted to switch fields and go into the home business, and real estate was just the thing that made sense. Yeah, My dad knew uh, Andy, and was working with him on a few projects. I gave him a call, and from there, kind of just we clicked from the moment we kind of had our first coffee meeting.
1: Absolutely, and the fact that he just compared himself to Buddy the Elf, by the way, just um, he is Buddy the Elf. I mean, he as soon as the Starbucks Christmas coffees come out, he is the happiest guy in the world. So that's very apropos. Uh, <laughs> I started in 2006 uh, right as the market was heading the Great Recession, which was hands down the best time to start. You know, when you're in the middle of it, you're like, oh, my God, what did we do? But uh, looking back on it, I didn't know any better. So I started, you know, this crazy guy, Tom Ferry, was telling us to call expires right when nobody was doing it. And knock on doors, all this stuff, which is just so commonplace to any new agent or experienced agent. I I didn't know any better. So I just did that and got appointments and and grew my business. But uh, I got into it with my father-in-law, who was, uh, you know, Back when there were more local real estate firms, mm-hmm. uh, he owned the preeminent local real estate firm, and in 05 sold out to Coldwell Banker. And he's like, "Hey, you don't like working corporate America in Manhattan anymore? Um, why don't you come sell real estate? I'm gonna go back and sell for a little bit." I'm like, "Yeah, sure. I got nothing to lose. If it doesn't work, I'll go sell something else." And uh, 17-ish years later, I'm still sitting here, and it's it's awesome. It's 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 whatever you want to make it, it can become. And that's what's so cool about what we all do.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, it's interesting that you guys both took you know different paths to get here. You know, um, question for you, Chris. Follow up yeah. question based on what Andy said. What is your favorite holiday drink at Starbucks?
2: Oh, so happy! No, really. <laughs> um, I am. I always go to the chestnut praline latte. It's my absolute go-to. Yeah, always behaving.
1: It's my one pump though. That's right. Yeah, always uh,
2: the non-fat um, milk. Half yeah. the
0: pump. I'm like, I gotta.
2: It still costs exactly the same. It still hurts just as much. But But
0: the caloric hurt isn't as bad. Exactly.
2: Yeah. And I would still just, unfortunately, just drive myself crazy and go to the gym that much longer even. Yeah.
0: Well, what's really depressing about ordering Starbucks, if you order it on the app, is that it actually tells you like the grams of sugar and different things in your drink. So when you order that, you know, praline latte or whatever it Mm means, you look at it and you're just like, oh, and you're like, maybe I'll do a smaller size and then it's still you know, your daily intake for sugar for one drink.
2: It was funny. The other day I ordered one and I go home. The, the woman, the bartender there, the, the Brista is like, there's a national outage on the grande size lids. So we made you two smalls instead." said, I'm like, oh, you're not helping. There's no way that's equal amount of ounces. This is just going to be one of those days. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good.
0: All right. We know what's happening. This is, it is what it is and moving on. All right. So anyways, let's focus back on real estate. That's cool. Um, Andy, building your business off of expireds is something that is not for the fan of heart, but it's something that I think we should talk about because today it's something that's coming back, right? That's, we've been, we've been leaning in on it with the team and practicing our scripts and stuff like that. What advice would you give to an agent, say if they just got in or if they're looking to generate more business today on like, what what advice would you give on on expireds and, you know, that, that kind of aspect of business?
1: Absolutely. You know, expireds are, I think, are still fundamentally one of the best ways to drum up business because they have already declared by being on the market that we need help, right? They came on market, they came off market. Now they're looking for a knight in shining armor. So the opportunity is there. But what's changed a lot is when I was calling back in the day, there were three agents calling every house. So now there's 30 agents calling every yeah. house. So the biggest challenge now is really sticking out enough for them to invite you in for an appointment, right? Yeah. Um, and so you have to get really used to being comfortable, being uncomfortable, being comfortable, being uncomfortable, yeah. right? And that when someone says no or don't call me or you agents are vultures, they're not mad at you as a human. It's not a personal attack. It's not a personal affront. It's just a, one more no closer to your next appointment. Yeah, and and you got to put the time in. You have to realize that. Our per hour salary is really, really high. So yeah, it may take you four days, maybe on a bad stretch, to get an appointment and a client. But how many hours did you really put in to get that client to make ten thousand, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars?
0: Yeah. And so that's what it's all about. It's perseverance,
1: it's thick skin, and it's understanding it's just part of the job. It's you've got to be comfortable being uncomfortable.
0: Well, and I think taking yourself out of that equation. And I know that I've I've had that. In many different situations in just regular transactions, in negotiations, in cold calling, in whatever it is. And I'm like, Oh man, that person was so mean to me. And I have that moment. And then I'm like, I, they're not mean to me. They're probably just having a terrible day. And like I feel sorry for them. And let me move on now. You know? Well, and, and the best
1: thing, also, if somebody says, You know, oh my God, you said this and that, I'm like, Man, I'm so sorry. It sounds like you're having a rough day. Did I do something to upset you? And typically it's like, oh, No.
0: Well, no, but
1: <laughs> You're just a 20th realtor to call me. I'm already frustrated, it didn't sell. And I just I, listen, ma'am, I understand this is challenging. Can I show you a different way of selling real estate? Can we can I pop by this evening at six o'clock? I will take more than 30 minutes of your time. And to tell you what, if you don't like me, you can kick me out. And typically you get an appointment that way.
0: Yeah. But people
1: are so afraid to call a spade a spade and, and point out the elephant in their room, right? So it's point out, ma'am. I'm sorry. It sounds like you're having a rough day. Did I do something to upset you? Nine percent time. No, it's not you. That's
0: real. I'm like I've got scripts now. So if you guys didn't already write that down, rewind mm. this, write that down, use it on your next expired call. Um, great advice there, but you, Andy. But you got to you got to have the guts to call it out. Well, yeah. Well, and also oh. make the phone call. You've got to pick up that's the phone the first. first. That's, that's, the first, first. The, that's the
2: first guts to make. Yeah. Sometimes just, the second. Yeah. yeah. Some people just once it goes to the voicemail, they hang up and they're like, "Oh, I, I tried." You're like, "No, that's another call later on." You got to keep trying.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, that's that's the, um, very rarely are you making contact and also getting that appointment on that first call, you know? Exactly. But which is also
1: why it's so important that if you do make contact and they don't send you right to voice and or don't pick up, you've got to hold on to that opportunity as much as possible.
0: For sure. For sure. I would totally agree with you there. Um, all right. So switching gears a little bit, um, I know y'all had a team and now it's a brokerage so congratulations on opening Thank your you own that. shop that's always exciting and scary and all of the emotions uh, yeah. but let's kind of rewind a little bit on the team front and so um you know obviously you guys are business partners and all that like did you did y'all start out as a team were you guys just kind of doing your own thing and like would tag each other in when you needed help or how did how did you guys kind of come to working together and starting to grow the team so I'll let the, you start with that one. Okay. Yeah.
1: So the team, I started and folded the team two two times before um, it finally kind of took hold. Um, and so how many years ago? You six, seven, seven years, seven years, yes, seven years. So Chris came in brand new seven years ago. Wanted to enjoy the team. I was happy to have him for obvious reasons.
0: And then his two years biceps ago, was it? His biceps? Yeah. Yes, yeah, so it was his yeah. biceps. He's very
1: strong. Yes,
0: <laughs> but the strongest buddy of the elf I know. I, um, he is.
1: He is incredibly, if listeners obviously don't know, he was a professional CrossFit athlete for a very long time. So, yes, he's got great biceps. But, you know, fast forward many trials and tribulations, we finally we got it right. We had the right people around us, and that was by mistake at first, plain and truth. Yeah. Um, and we realized, like, culture means everything, right? I mean, it, people have to have the basics, abilities, and desire to succeed, but you have to surround yourself with like-minded people who want to in our world, thick skin, have fun, take a joke, give a joke, and work hard. And so about a year and a half, two years ago, Chris was like, listen, I want to keep doing this with you. I don't want to have to go out on my own. How can we become partners? And it was great timing because I was at the point now where it's like I was mentally capped out. Chris has skill sets I don't have. I'm, I'm very forward-facing. Um, I, I don't do well at the back-end operation system stuff, which is we were going to grow. We needed badly. Mm-hmm. And so that's where it started. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and so I guess if you um, could rewind, right, and give advice to someone that's looking to start a team, whether that's by themselves or really like, you know, I I feel like a lot of teams start in, you know, we're both in the same office and we're kind of doing our things. And we're like, I kind of like you and like, you're doing all right. Like want to start a team? Yeah. And people are like, yeah, let's do it. And then like, that's the team and they don't have any groundwork. So like, you know, I'm going to completely rephrase my question. If you were talking to someone to give them advice on like starting a team with a partner, what would be like, you know, the things that you would tell them, like, make sure you do this or don't do that?
2: I would say um, the biggest thing that, and it's always evolving too, especially with the partnership and things like that was create, not like ground rules, but a layout of, hey, this is what you're going to do. This is what I'm going to do or the fundamentals of the business to kind of give the blueprint and the pathway of how we do want to grow. And then the other thing um, we never had a terminology for it necessarily until recently um, was create our avatar of who are we kind of looking for if we're going to go out and look to grow our yeah. team instead of just having the kind of grow by word of mouth. Almost. It was, if we want to intentionally grow, what are, who are we looking for? Um, and then we kind of actually, you know, kind of had a call out, you know, what kind of person you and I are. Um, grow from there, um, and it actually made conversations, um, if you want to call it re- recruiting, um, I, I don't use that too, too often, but it, it made the attrition just natural for us. Um, so I would say any advice would be, especially between partnerships, know who's doing what, you know, he's really good with sitting down, growing the company and being really good creating business plans for other agents, where I'm really good at organizing them, taking that business plan and putting it into effect. So yeah. that's why we mesh so well together with it. Yeah. Um, so definitely create the plan first.
1: I think, on top of that, we are very transparent with each other. Um, there's been times where we've definitely either offended or, or made each other upset. And I'd say by that evening, there's a text or a phone call coming, like, you know, I love you. I didn't mean it this way. Yeah. Like, it. yeah absolutely. And it goes a long way because as, as you're developing a partnership, just like any partnership in life, if you don't have trust, if you don't know that guy or, or gal is next to you, through thick and thin, it's yeah. not gonna work. And then for me, because I started the team originally, I've been in the business longer. I've had some really big successes. To let go of a lot was Stop. really, and still is. I've come a yeah, long way, of, of course, but it's really, really hard. Yeah, um, and to let go to the point, but both both that means like letting go of like some money and 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 you know and so giving up money, giving up um, perception of yeah, power exactly. vision, and, and vision, everything. Yeah. Um, and so um, that's been my biggest challenge. What I would say is come to that conclusion earlier. If there is a power imbalance balance initially, yep. that like, it's going to have to go, it's going to have to, you're going to have to give up to grow bigger.
0: Well, and that's, I mean, I think that's the entire thing of a team, right? Whether it's, it's Andy's team and, and Andy and Chris, like you guys never partner knows his team. It's like giving up some control, even if you're hiring an admin or bringing on another agent or bringing on a listing partner or whatever it is, like to make the pie bigger, you've got to give up some control somewhere. Um, and I really liked Chris, you made the the point of like the agent avatar and understanding who you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Right. It because was. I, I mean, every team does that, right. You hire a bunch of people, then you look around and you're like, okay, these people don't fit the culture that I wanted, right. Mm-hmm. Or they're not the agents that I wanted. And so understanding what that looks like and who, you know, the ideal agent for your team is makes it that much easier to have those conversations. Cause you know, like, Yes, we can help you get to that next level, or we can help you get into real estate, or we can help you whatever. Um, it just it, it just makes them so much easier.
1: And you're not, you're not selling it's t- you're not selling the team or the brokerage at that point either, because the the innate mesh is already there. Yeah. You make sure everybody vibes and, and from there, as long as they have a work ethic, you can help them succeed.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, no, that's awesome. I think so. What was the catalyst to opening your own brokerage? <laughs>
1: Um, so I mean for years, everyone's like, so when do you open your brokerage? When do you open? Like I'm never, I'm never owning an independent brokerage. I don't want the headache. I don't want to do it. Um, and so four or five months ago, I get a phone call. Our old office is like literally next door. Yeah. And the gentleman who owns the building we're sitting in now is like, I think I want to sell the building. I helped him purchase it actually from my wife's family who owned it for 40 years. And, uh, I'm like, I'll be right over. Walk downstairs, walk across, sit at his desk, struck a deal. And then went back to everybody and everybody said, I think we're gonna open a brokerage. And and that was the <laughs> last much. push. It kind it, of it kinda it kinda gave me that mental freedom of like, all right, yeah, who's in? Um, and, and that's that's kind of how it happened. It was just like we were going that way forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we just needed something, the, the last push. Exactly.
2: There needed to just be something it was always just painted on It was, it was there. Yeah. It was just a matter of just having that, hey, that it's right there yeah. in the wall, let's go do it. Well, most thing. of
1: our clients, like, what do you mean? You're not a brokerage already? Because yeah. We always led with the the, was the roundtown team. It's like I'm confused. I was like, no, it's you know, yeah. Keller like, Williams or
0: Cobalt banker at one point.
1: No one kind of understood, so they were like, Yeah, yeah it's, it's the same, don't worry. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we're still gonna do all the team. same stuff. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So. no, I I mean, and I think that's most most larger teams and most teams as you implement all of the systems and tools and all of the things, like you realize you're not necessarily operating in the constraints of a Keller Williams or Cobalt banker or abc realty or whatever it is right yes. like you're building all of your systems to to work for your team and your processes and to be mobile too you know i mean how many times do you talk to an agent that goes in to talk to the broker about maybe leaving and then when they walk out the door all their stuff's locked down like oh shit like i no longer have a crm or email yeah. and i don't have any of my clients contact info you know so like mm-hmm. knowing that in real estate like we've always had independent systems and and backups and things like that because like it just, data is uh, very, yeah very important. It's literally everything. And it's, you know, it's, it, I don't know what it's like in your guys' market, but around here, it's, it's like
1: everything like innovative in real estate comes from the West and South and it hits New England and West. I mean, we, we, are, we are so old school up here. Um, and... Back in like 2005, six, four or five, you know, the run up before the great recession, the big brokerages were coming and buying everybody up, right? Yeah. Well, the little guys were like we'll never go to afford to be on that big worldwide web thing, whatever that does. People, people are shopping there, and it's too expensive. And and, and the playing field got leveled with technology and time, right? So yeah. you can offshore all of your administrative help. You can, you know, all your CRMs, everything's very accessible to to a boutique brokerage. And in that process, where everything was perceived to be too expensive, it was also we lost. We lost focus on what like local real estate was, and so you've got these local, yeah. these giant brokerages who are spending money to to manage a giant brand nationally or internationally, and doing what for the agent? So it's really cool to be able to say, "Listen, we can. I can tell you where the dollars are going. I tell you where they're benefiting you and the brokerage locally, which drives business for you, the agent." And that's been that was like an aha moment too. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I'd agree. I mean, it's it's difficult and like. You know, I mean, we've both been with with similar brokerages and things like that. And it's like, oh, well, where does that 6% go? Or where does this go? And you're like, well, that just goes to the franchise. And it's like, well, but like, does that pay someone's salary? Or is that just profit? Or like, what? like, and no one really has an answer. No, We're like, no. okay, so we just pay that out. All right, like noted, yep. you know, um, yep. And yeah, I mean, so so being able to to actually show the value of the dollar of like this is the split you're paying us and you know how it goes to the office space and the CRM and the this and the that and you know the marketing materials y'all use and you know whatever else you know you guys offer to that, them, that's the team. exactly yeah. yeah
2: yeah and that's where I think during one of our brainstormings, once we kind of started developing the idea of it, we literally took a whiteboard and we're like, here's all our services, kind of like how you were mentioning, and here's all the brokerages and kind of the way our tech and how our business was organized, it was almost like almost like an extra step to always involve the other brokerages' platforms. And we're like, why yeah. are, are we driving ourselves crazy and the agent's confusion up of, yeah. well, you have to do this here so then make sure you also just do one little thing there along the way. Yeah. And then go back to
0: our way. It was just yeah. causing so much commotion that wasn't needed. Um, I mean, we have it to the point that, like, I mean, most of my agents have never been in the, the brokerage transaction management platform. You know, like RTCs all know it, you know, but like when I go in to train someone, I'm like, all right, so you log in and when you're in transactions, you click transactions, you know, so it's like, it's, uh, our, our, our admin team is a godsend for us, for sure. I don't know how to use anything. Yeah. Yeah. And
2: when he tries to, I'm like, please, please don't mess something up. Yeah.
0: I, I know the feeling my, my TC is like, I, I was like, was there something wrong with the docs I sent out? She's like, yeah, one of them wasn't signed. One of them had no initials. This had that. I'm like, all right, I'll just The problem you is do you it. try to do
1: yourself. That's like, exactly
0: yeah, it. Yeah. Um, so Andy, I, I know you said like a lot of your business was built on cold calling and expireds and stuff like that. When you look at like your, your team slash brokerage, like the, the lead flow now and where leads are coming from and, and business is coming from, do y'all still do a lot of cold calling or now that you've been in business for so long, is it, you know not something that's um you know and i'm sure you're not hitting the phones every day but like you know just the team and the brokerage as a whole like still do a lot of cold calling or what is your lead uh pillars and stuff like that look like for for the group absolutely you know, especially I
1: I, I I yearn for the days where i could just go sit in a dark room and dial for five hours literally I, a dark room literally i'm, no I'm basement, working in the basement no windows an old yeah field. I work in a concrete cellar. <laughs> um, I, I, I do, yeah. I mean, I, I miss that actually, um, and the simplicity of it, quite frankly. But no, I don't do a ton of it anymore. And when I first started teams originally, I would tell everyone else, "This is the only way to get business. You have to do it this way."
0: Yeah.
1: And as we talked about, it's really fear-inducing. And I realized, listen, it's not for everybody. So we try to find three to five pillars for every agent on the at the, at the office that they can consistently work. Yeah.
0: Um, and
1: and. Time and time again, and I think it's of no uh, mystery, uh, the one that rises to the top, and I think 50% of our business yeah, lost, yeah, our Island, 50%, yep. is sphere of influence past clients in, in, in that pipeline. And so we've turned a lot of our attention to, um, to, to touching them in a meaningful way, um, whether it be events, we have an event exactly. staff now, I appreciation, um, and, and rarely now do we reach out with anything truly real estate related. Yeah. We just continue to build the, the deeper network and the deeper uh, relationship. And that's been our biggest thing, hands down. But then the basics still work, you know, if, um, open houses, um, door knocking, expired, Fizbo's. We still have agents that do all those things consistently and their business benefits from it. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: No, I mean, and that's, I mean, obviously, have been, having been in the business for, you know, as long as you have, like at, the, at some point, like the past clients just come, even if you're not doing all of the, the client events and follow-ups and appreciation, like people are going to continue to come back to you, you know, and transact.
1: They, they, they do. And I'm, I'm very grateful for that. But there is still an incredible fear inside of me that it's all going to disappear any moment. And yeah. so I try the best I can to stay in touch with people uh, and be present. We do a lot of social media, We do you know, videos before videos were cool. Um, <laughs> You know, another another Tom Ferry thing from you know the middle of the two thousands. Um, this video stuff's gonna really be great. I'm like I don't know, but I'll try it. And, yeah. Um, you know, so we, we do a lot of that and stay in touch and consistency, other branding and billboards and just trying to be everywhere until they need you. Yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah. I like that. Trying to stay top of mind as much as possible. Constantly. For Constantly. sure. What advice would y'all give? to a brand new agent, say, I just got my license and I hung it, you know, wherever, right? Um, What advice would you give to a brand new agent?
2: I would always say the the one that we always at least go with is you got to call your whole tree trunk, your sphere. You got to go through it. You got to understand that there's going to be people that are going to sound like they want to do a transaction right away just to kind of keep a conversation going, you know, and that's on you to kind of reel in which ones are realistic and not realistic on that too, but to continue to follow up with them on that. Um, and actually one, and I forgetting who was the one that brought it up to us, I think it was actually Danielle and our team, um, to actually sit down and don't be afraid to ask a friend to be, Hey, can I come by and just practice this listening presentation? <laughs> yeah. with you? Or can I come by and practice this fire console with you? Listen, I'm not going to, you know, I want to learn and try. And then the amount of times that you could actually sit down with them and they learn real quick, they actually do know what you're talking about based off obviously, Research and training and everything that we like to give them. Um, yeah. Don't be afraid to ask your friends and family for just listening and helping. Yeah.
1: And yeah. I, I think I would add to that is um, you're never you don't know everything, so just start. Yeah, right. Start calling. Start talking. Your job is to find clients. Servicing clients is actually really easy. You know, opening doors, having conversations, developing relationships. You're in that, that's what drew you to this business. Um, don't worry about how to fill the contract. Don't worry about how to put an offer together. Worry about and get good at finding clients and going from there. Everything else is pretty easy.
0: Yeah, well, and if you're on a a good team, you know they're going to go over all of that with you, anyways. So exactly.
2: And I will add um, one of the first things Andy taught me when I first got into the business, and I would always go in. Well, I you know I can't wait to have like my first sale. Excuse me, one second. This thing just popped up. Can't wait to have my first sale or you know, I really want to handle this transaction. And it was really turned my mindset to him um, from him was treat yourself as an advisor for them. Don't yeah. treat this as you're not a salesman. You're not going out and trying to sell things. You want to go through and try to guide someone, advise them the right way to go about whether it's, they do end up buying with, with you in real estate right away, or it's something that it's a years and years in the future, then they'll transact with you, but advise them and guide them. The yeah. Right don't just try to pitch a
1: sale to them. We, yeah. we, preach, we preach trusted advisor status, which is what your financial planner has, your accountant, your attorney. Um, it's something we really can't achieve, technically speaking. Uh, but it's something we strive for uh, every day because it's not this client that matters. It's their family. When they they're, You're referred into their friends and so exactly. forth. The compounding interest that yeah. the business creates over years.
0: My favorite is when um, perhaps you know you go to a listing appointment and you it it's determined that it probably doesn't make sense for them to sell or it doesn't work out. And then they start referring you people. Right. Yeah. And you're like, who, you know, who, who told you, you know, about me or whatever. Who, how'd you, how'd you hear about us? They're like, Oh, Chris. And I'm like, Chris, who? Chris Kling. And then I'm like, wait, I went on an appointment, but he never listed. Yeah, you, you know, just, like those are the yeah, funny better. ones. Better, He actually
1: told me it wasn't the right time. Yeah. yeah,
0: you yeah. Know, I would have, I would have
1: signed today. And he told me, you know, it's not the right time. And here's why If you want to sell, we'll do it, but here's why you may, might not want to. And we should look at it three years from now.
0: Yeah. That takes a lot of guts.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, and I mean, we, we definitely need more of that in the industry, you know, uh, mm-hmm. as far as where we stand in uh, the public eye. All right. I'm going to hit you guys both with one last question. It's, it's for both of you. So you both need to think about this. Okay. Right. If it was your last meal on earth, what would you eat? Now we're talking meal,
2: right? We're not just talking one food item because I don't eat enough. Mine would be easily bacon cheeseburger with of course french fries god. of course with french fries I mean that's just a, you know, I'm together. surprised you had it something that quick absolutely there was one or two usually that I you know debate between pepperoni pizza and that but I was going have a pepperoni pizza yeah, yeah. see,
0: yeah. once <laughs> if you guys were together then you know you could you <laughs> I,
1: I, I, would, I would oh god man I wish fat was cool I just like food so much <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe like a giant meatball sub or something not
2: surprised
1: by that. By the it's
0: also if it's your last meal. I mean, you could have both. You could have like the pepperoni pizza and the meatball sub with, you know, all the pepperoni
1: pizza around
2: it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I could just, yeah, I could just see my wife shaking her head, and just rolling
0: be, it up. Really? Yeah. How creative I can get with it yeah. I and mean, be like, we're set. Yeah. We're so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I love it. Um, I I know what you guys are eating for your cheat meals. Um, you know, the next time, the next time you have a cheat meal, so after. absolutely after Chris's uh, praline after,
2: know. My, after my Starbucks <laughs> holiday drink and then I go out bake a cheeseburger
0: yeah for sure all right I appreciate y'all thank you guys so much for your time if someone doesn't follow y'all um, online where's the best place for them to connect with you
2: uh, mine would be uh, Instagram at Kling Chris K-L-I-N-G K-R-I-S
0: and mine is on Instagram at
2: A-H-S-A-X-5-8
1: S-A-C-H-S S A
2: H S A H I did it <laughs>
0: That's like a tongue twister. Exactly. Accurate. And
2: obviously around town. And then around, at around town real estate.
0: Awesome. Appreciate y'all very much. Thank you for your time and all of the insight. Um, I know that expired script is something that people are going to go back and write down and, and re-listen to so that they can start hitting those up hope themselves. So. Hope so. Perfect. Thank you. Appreciate thanks, you. Thanks for having
2: us. Awesome.
1: Yeah.